0: The following program is a presentation of the Radio Talking Book Service in Omaha, Nebraska. RTBS programming is intended solely for individuals who cannot read conventional print due to a disability. Ineligible listeners risk infringing on copyright law, and RTBS is not responsible for any violations that may occur. It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle.
1: Hi, Ryan. Very excited to be here today. We have the one, the only, Bill Randby. Thank you. KETV meter, Chief Meteorologist in House. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be here. What a what an interesting topic to talk about. Me. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you know I have a million questions. I've been talking your off already. So before we get to all the weird weather stuff, will you please fill us in? And how did you ever become a meteorologist? Sure.
2: Um, I, you know, It's funny. You know, I am pretty much who I am on TV, and there are people that don't watch TV, and that's okay. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm a pretty humble guy, but I, I grew up in Chicago, suburban Chicago. Mount Prospect, Des was sort of my suburban area. I was there through high school. My mom was convinced that I should become an engineer. I kind of liked math and science when I was in, mm-hmm. in high school, and, and I was looking for something – that I thought was interesting to me, mm-hmm. and the combination of math and science—you uh, know—it comes up in engineering. But meteorology was something that came up, and and I had always loved weather. I was terrified of weather when I was a little kid. When I was, a lot of people have this fear, probably yeah. thunderstorm at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would run down the hall and get in my mom and dad's bed. I, <laughs> uh,
1: uh, I'm not uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but as I got older, I, I thought, boy, this would be great if I could find a job working in, in this field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was looking for, for schools for meteorology, and there aren't that many, and there weren't that many back then. Uh, and we were not a, a wealthy family, but uh, I had an opportunity. We toured the University of Wisconsin, Purdue, um, Illinois had an atmospheric sciences program, okay. but uh, Florida State oh. had a program that uh, in meteorology and offered me – a. a a pretty good scholarship, and I wasn't the smartest student in the world or anything like that. But uh, they were kind of encouraging out-of-state people at the time, so I thought, "Wow, that would be really cool to go somewhere, yeah, uh, warm in the winter and just different." So I wound up going there to study meteorology. Wow! So is that a four-year program? Yeah. Um, in in most cases, uh, people that would call themselves a meteorologist on TV would have a degree in meteorology from a four-year program. So Florida oh. State. Uh, it's probably uh, one of the, let's say, ten biggest schools in the country for meteorology. Penn State, Oklahoma is really known for severe weather forecasting. Colorado State, surprisingly, has a big tropical meteorology program. Wow, out in Fort Collins, <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> That's
1: interesting. <laughs> uh,
2: and there, there are school, other schools that have it. And actually, the University of uh, Nebraska has a program where you can get a meteorology climatology major and. Uh, I no Iowa idea. State has a has a program, but uh, it was it was oh. a fun place to go to school at Florida State, and, oh, I, and I learned a lot about myself being away from home, that far away from home, Chicago to to Tallahassee, yeah. Florida.
1: That's far; that's very far. So, you told me off air that you've been in Omaha thirty years. Yeah. Were you doing any meteorological work before then?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I know it seems odd, but I. I don't want to date myself, but I I graduated from College of Florida State and then I took a job in Minneapolis Mm, at a TV station that had – we had seven meteorologists. We had some behind-the-scenes people, which is what I started off as, where we would uh, work on the forecast. We had some radio stations combined with the TV station. KSTP was the the TV station there. So I did – radio weather forecasts and I help with making some of the graphics for the the newscasts on on the different shows. And I actually started by working from 10 p.m. until 8 a.m. That was my schedule. I didn't realize that Uh, was going to be my
1: schedule. uh, You were the new kid on the block. Uh, I was. I I didn't even know that there would be somebody there at that time, but it was me. And it was you. Yeah. That's awesome. So when you got to Omaha 30 years ago, you've been here, I mean, that's long enough, like we were saying off the air, that we have seen some major, major changes here. Certainly. I mean, all over the world. Yeah. But here that we call home, it has just been bizarre, I think.
2: I know. We were just talking. It doesn't seem like it was three years ago that we had the March of 2019 flood, yeah. but you know, that was a year where we had uh, a very snowy winter. We had 52.7 inches of snow for that winter, which is wow. the seventh- snowiest winter in recorded history in Omaha. And that just goes back to 1875. And it's funny when you talk about weather because mm-hmm. you can think about stuff, well, you know, this happened or I remember this. But think about it over the last 5,000 years. There have been right. tremendous changes and events uh, in the weather. So we're only talking about the ones that we've been here to observe. So 1875 right. to present. But it was a really snowy winter. And it then we was. had a huge March rain, and we had the worst flood in recorded history on the Elkhorn
1: mm-hmm. and
2: the Platte. Yep. And then the levees were overtopped along the Missouri, and it was a, a catastrophe that really some folks are still recovering
1: from. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And now three years later, drought conditions.
2: I know. Uh, you know, well, last summer we had bad oh, we drought did. conditions, especially. You get out into central Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, western Minnesota, Montana, and then the entire west. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you read about these things. Oh, yeah. The Colorado River and Hoover Dam and Glen Canyon Dam and the river's as low as it's ever been since Mm -hmm. the dams were first put in and the growth of population. And something has to give from the standpoint of water in the West.
1: Right. And I don't really know what that's going to be this year. I mean, so this morning it looked like we had something falling out of the sky. Now, you said just south of here they got a bunch of snow. (laughs)
2: Well, yeah. It snowed at uh, Beaver Lake uh, just south of uh, Plattsmouth. They had three, four inches of snow, and there was snow in (laughs) – Tecumseh and look like Beatrice had snow, and then just east of us, too, Malvern and, uh, in Iowa and uh, Oakland and Pottawatomie County. You would like to see the snow,
1: came? I love snow. I love <laughs> seasons. I've been here my whole life, and I miss the four seasons. I feel like it's just like winter, summer, summer, winter. But this, this leads me to the perfect question, which is, is the Oma Dome real? <laughs> because it does appear sometimes. You know we're watching you on TV, and we see it coming, yeah. and then it goes all around us. I think – uh, in some
2: sense, it's real. I mean I'm not a not a conspiracy theorist kind of person. But uh, just the optics of how things look when they're coming in. And usually it's it's so funny. Gosh, when I was a teenager, when I first started, there were no radars that anybody could look at. Right. Now you got it on your phone, Cam. Yep. I mean yeah, everybody has this it. sense of looking at the radar. Well, the radar sends out a pulse of energy that goes out – And up at the same time. So the beam is higher up. So when that radar beam is, say, 100 miles from Omaha, kind of out between York and Grand Island, it's about 9,000 feet above the ground. In many cases, it's seeing precipitation. Okay. But the surface here might be dry like we had yesterday. Right. Looked like the radar had a lot of precipitation on it. Wasn't raining very much, especially north and west of here. In fact, they didn't get any rain as you get out to Fremont and even Valley. Uh, But as precipitation moves closer to the radar site, in this case, the radar site for many people on their phones is the National Weather Service Radar in Valley. Right. Uh, We have our own radar actually just spitting distance away from the studios here right over at 72nd and Crown Point. But as the, as the precipitation gets closer to the radar, the radar then is only sampling what's very near the level of the radar. So if that precipitation is evaporating before it reaches the ground, it mm-hmm. looks like it's disappearing. Okay. And so we see that all the time on the radar, precipitation coming towards Omaha. And then as it gets to Omaha, it's like, where did it go?
1: Right. And then it hits Council Bluffs. And all of a sudden it's, it's like, like it
2: starts showing up again when you get east of us into yep. Iowa. And that's yep. so typical of when there is some dry air at the surface. So in those cases – Yes, it looks like we're being protected by something here in Omaha, and there are many cases of storms going around Omaha, but there are cases of storms hitting Omaha. There was a terrible 1913 tornado that destroyed the old city of Omaha that came right through the heart of the city, 1975 tornado, right up 72nd Street. There was no Oma Dome then, so it's kind of a – So maybe we
1: should be glad if there really is an Omicron. Yes, that's a great thing, (laughs) right? We should be glad then.
2: Whoever's responsible, please keep it up.
1: Yes, thank you. (laughs) So that makes me ask about the different radars. So somebody – I put this questions up on Facebook, and somebody wanted to know. So sometimes you talk about the European model. So what are the big differences in those? I think
2: um – that 's been a big change over the last thirty forty years. Yeah. Uh, the sharing of information worldwide, the availability of information just for the average person on on their computer, the speed of the computers mm-hmm. uh, make mm-hmm. these computer models available most of them are what we call hemispheric computer models they 're okay. projecting Weather conditions all around the Northern Hemisphere. The European computer model is done by the kind of the European Center for Meteorology. There is a UK model, which oh. is from England. Okay. There is a Canadian computer model. There's a Japanese computer model. There are wow. a whole bunch that are run in the United States. <laughs> okay. The GFS is kind of the American worldwide longer-range computer model. Okay. Um, and these computer models have their biases, let's say. Sure. Uh, and, and in particular, the GFS computer model. Uh, lately, we sort of noticed that it tends to, especially as you get into the future, really project big things. Yeah, we're not going to have big little storms. Everything is a big storm. Everything is a blizzard. You know, mm-hmm. how many times do you see? Oh, there's <laughs> yes. you know the computer says we're going to get you know eighteen inches of snow. How often do you think we get eighteen inches of snow, Cami, mm, in Omaha?
1: I'm pretty guessing not often that. Not in more.
2: one storm, I mean, it oh. just about never happens, right? So, it, yeah. But the computer models project these things, and they tend to just overamplify things in the future. Well, yeah. it's odd, but the European computer model, mm-hmm. oftentimes in the mid and longer ranges, just seems to have a better handle on things. Okay. Not that you know we're not smart people, and it, but. That computer model tends to have a really good combination of um, – I'm looking at your wall here and, and I wish, I wish our, our listeners could see this, but we have these sound filters. But there are these different levels. Sure. And the, the atmosphere is like that too. It has these different levels. Mm-hmm. And so the European computer model does probably the best job of how the different levels of the atmosphere interact with each other. Okay. And so it has a little bit better forecast for things in the medium and longer term. Uh, Also, they are, believe it or not, running it on a faster computer, computer, uh, supercomputer than the United States is running some of the (laughs) computer models that we have. And we have a real uh, kind of tie-up of the computers. We have a lot of people running a lot of different computer models. And that European computer model is just one so it doesn't have to share the, uh, the re- resource of the computer. And it just sure. tends to do a little bit better job.
1: Okay. That's very interesting. So before you had all these computers, yeah. how did everybody predict weather? I think
2: um, – you know, there's a, there are some people that really have a good sense of weather. And you and I were talking. You wanted to be a meteorologist when I you did. were uh-huh. younger. And a lot of people have an interest in the weather,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, particularly in this area. Yeah. We have so many people that have a background in, in agriculture. Maybe you have an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent mm-hmm. that, you know, had a farm. Or, yeah. Uh, and some people have a really good weather sense. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of farmers uh, in this area that are really good at just kind of seeing the signs of what's going to happen yeah. in the weather. I mean, it's not a forecast to say that it's going to get hotter as we get into April, May, and June, right? I mean, we right. we all know that,
1: <laughs> right? Um,
2: and you know, is we get some extreme weather events. You know, lately we saw the tornadoes, uh, the, the tornadoes and wind event in December that was unprecedented. Yes. here. Yes, hard to forecast. But right. uh, if somebody really is paying attention to the weather and knows that we've got an east. Northeast wind that kind of quarters around to the southeast, and all of a sudden we get some moisture in here, uh, and temperatures are really abnormally warm. And it's you know mm-hmm. wintertime or springtime. You know, they have a sense that you know, I'm thinking we're you know, I've seen this before, we're probably going to have some thunderstorms develop. Yep. So, there are people that have a good sense of weather, mm-hmm. patterns tend to repeat, um, but. Uh, computers and satellite images have mm-hmm. really allowed us to see the weather unfold much more clearly. So even that December storm, had we not had satellite images, we wouldn't have been able to see where the storms were first developing out oh. around Hastings and Grand Island and then seen how severe they were going to be coming up into Omaha. And then mm-hmm. really because of the strength of the low pressure area and it was a super windy day, right? right? Yeah. Even without the thunderstorms and tornadoes. But because of the, the way the the profile of the atmosphere was, pretty much any thunderstorm that could maintain was going to have enough spin or rotation to produce a tornado. And so there were so many mm-hmm. tornado warnings right. and oh. so many small tornadoes. It's very hard to forecast. Yeah. And they didn't last very long either. Mm-mm. You know, the kind of hallmark tornado alley, supercell thunderstorm, tornadoes in Oklahoma and Kansas and up into Nebraska and Iowa. That wasn't that. That was no. a completely different event.
1: Yeah. Do you think the Tornado Alley, the location has changed, like moved south maybe a little? I think there's a
2: sense that uh you know, people are more aware of the potential for really damaging tornadoes in the deep south. So yeah. there's a a sense now that what people call the Dixie Alley oh. is a real thing. You know, gosh, mm-hmm. when I was going to college at Florida State, you know, it was Tornado Alley was where the big tornadoes yep. were. But there have been some awful tornadoes in Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia and Mm -hmm. Tennessee and uh, we've seen that in some cases people didn't want to talk about that tornadoes were happening or could happen. Uh, and and now it's and it's hard to see them coming in those areas. They thought maybe it was just thunderstorm winds that caused yeah. those things, but it's now accepted that there are you know as many tornadoes in that area mm-hmm. from Louisiana into Mississippi and Alabama as there are up into Oklahoma and and Kansas and Texas and yeah you know it's just. People have changed as they've been able to to see these things and and understand how they're developing. I mean, you know, I saw this was a question on Jeopardy just the other day. Uh-huh. You know what what word was forbidden to use by forecasters up until 1950, uh, and the word was tornado.
1: What? Because Are you uh, serious? It was a
2: what? So it, what
1: did you say? Massive winds, take well, shelter.
2: <laughs> well, no, it was it was thought that you couldn't predict a tornado, and therefore oh. it was very alarming to the public to even mention that possibility. And you're right. I mean, we uh, they certainly were around.
1: Yeah. So uh, were any kind of warnings issued or just a storm?
2: A, maybe a storm warning or, or it was that you just couldn't forecast a tornado. I mean, Once there was a tornado occurring, because there have been some tornadoes that have been on the ground for more than an hour. Right. Um,
1: oh, like that one just recently, right?
2: Tennessee. Yes, that was horrible. Terrible. Was, in fact, it was three states, right? It was Arkansas, yeah. Tennessee, and up into Kentucky. So uh, there are some long-lived tornadoes that, you know, Ooh. back then, yes, they were talked about, but uh, it was never something that was really forecast. Uh, you know, that's fairly – if you think about it, 1950 to present. That's not about very long ago. 72 though. years ago. So before that – uh, you know, so things have changed so much recently. And then the weather wow. forecasting has changed so much because of the availability of information.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean I would have never imagined that weather could be like a 24-7 thing. But it is. You can look anytime, anywhere and find out what's happening any place in the world.
2: Absolutely. Which is
1: great but also sometimes terrifying.
2: Well, and I think that just – that's the thing about these computer models. They're, they're always updating. I mean depending on right. which computer model. Mm-hmm. The, those main ones, the GFS and the European computer model – Every six hours, they're putting out a full run of the computer model, and then there are these shorter range computer models that update every hour. Wow! And yeah. now, you know, the the folks down at Norman, Oklahoma, they have some computer models that update, you know, not just hourly but half hourly or every fifteen minutes to try and get a sense for, you know, projecting the development of these thunderstorms because that really is yeah. what saves lives. If you have some information. About, hey, this storm is here and we, we believe it's going to be here and mm-hmm. people need to take shelter in this area. I mean that, that's really what, what this job you know is, is sort Absolutely. of
1: about. Yeah. So do you think the severity of storms and the weather in general has gotten worse, meaning like heat – Hot temperatures, storms, I mean, are things getting worse, or is it just our imagination well it 's certainly not our imagination
2: okay because <laughs> I mean we are talking about things on a daily basis where mm-hmm. we have these extremes, but yeah. it is interesting that you know last summer i don 't believe we broke any record highs in fact really? we haven 't really had many record highs in the last say ten years wow. had some hot days mm-hmm. uh, in, in in the summer right we 've broken record high temperatures. In November and December, right? This past December, we were up in the 70s Mm -hmm. before the big storm that came through. Uh, You know, so, but is the summer hotter? Arguably, not really. Is the winter colder? probably not right I mean, we've seen didn't feel a like general sense of warming here
1: is that uh, alarming to you at all i mean as somebody that has studied weather for so long and watched it for so long are any alarm bells going off for you like who well you know i guess i
2: i like to be just realistic about it and, sure. and in a sense um i wish that there was something that i could do about it yeah but really my job is just to project conditions as to what we're seeing happen right now. So in the forecast, mm-hmm. it's really not up to me to say, you know, here's what we need to do or to change this or, right. you know, and you know, is global warming real? I how can you dispute the changes that have occurred worldwide? And have we as people burned so much coal and fossil fuels that have we changed the carbon dioxide content of the atmosphere?
1: You can't argue that. Right. I completely agree. So when stuff is happening, whether it's a big winter storm or a tornado or a thunderstorm, what's happening behind scenes? So. If you're there, how many are on your staff, uh, meteorologists? We have four. Okay. So say like everything is going crazy. Is everybody all hands on deck? We or? try
2: to get everybody in. now, um, like Sean Everson does the morning weather for us. Mm-hmm. I don't want Sean there at 8, 9 o'clock at night because right. he's
1: got to be there. You need him tomorrow. In the morning. Right. Um,
2: but you know, everybody is willing to, to kind of pitch in and help out. Um, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, some tornadoes that were pretty bad into Iowa. That's right. Uh, Now, uh, there was a small tornado that were – there were a few tornado warnings, but there was a tornado that was near Corning, Iowa, and so we did a coverage of that and cut in because it's one of the counties that's sort of in our our viewing area for Mm -hmm. for KETV, and – um, you know, that was Saturday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So I don't normally work then, but I came in because, one, I was interested and I wanted right. to see what was happening. And two, I wanted to be able to, to help out, uh, you know, if there was some coverage to do. So it uh, turned sure. out that was the storm that hit Winterset, Iowa, yeah. and it was a terrible, you mm-hmm. know, tornado, fatalities. You know, early
1: in March, right? So if you are say like you're you're on, you're the one that's reporting. So do you have your other two meteorologists like watching radars and taking calls? And because it always sounds like there's so much like oh you're getting fresh stuff from this person, and I yeah. just wish I could be there. So it's just like is it just crazy busy? And it is crazy busy when they're you know when we're doing those interrupts
2: because. Right. Uh, somebody has to be talking. We like to have two people with a microphone. Okay. This give and take, Cammy, this works, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. So it's it's <laughs> a lot better like that during severe weather coverage. And when I came here mm-hmm. 30 years ago, uh, we started doing some of these long cut-ins, especially at night when there was yeah. a storm. We do get these storms at night, which mm-hmm. are unsettling. Yeah. Um, so it might be 1 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And you can go on and on yourself and you know you can pause and take sure. a drink of water and right. do what you need to do to, <laughs> yeah. to keep on talking. But it's not really compelling to have one person just a monotone for a long period of time. So it's better to have a couple people there uh, to kind of go back and forth and mm-hmm. somebody then can, yes, uh, kind of scour social media for pictures yeah. uh, if we can get those. And, and generally when it's a really big event, mm-hmm. it's not just – the two or three of us in the weather office, we've got producers, directors, yeah. uh, news staff that is then also taking those images and uploading them so that we can show them to viewers. Right. Uh, because that's really what what makes the broadcast uh, compelling is if you've got large hail and you're saying, I'm seeing it on the radar here, mm-hmm. it's a lot different if you can show a picture yes. of golf ball-sized hail dents in people's cars yes hey this just happened in Gretna okay gosh now that storm is in Ralston folks you know it's a lot more immediacy if you have some video or pictures and are able to bring that along
1: yeah I get that totally I miss working in the newsroom for that kind of excitement you know things got pretty crazy I did traffic so traffic and weather went hand in hand I still get asked what's the weather today and I'm like I'm doing traffic traffic." but I think it's going to be sunny so this leads me to the question that everybody in Omaha wants to know we want to know all about your Sleeves Sleeves <laughs> and how this started, and if we ever see you like down to your shirt sleeves, or That'll should we just bad. run? That would be just really get bad. out. <laughs> um, it was a, a
2: kind of a social media thing that that just sort of started, but you know, when I was here. In the first, let's say five ten years that I was here, uh, we didn't really have social media, right? If you go back to the oh yeah, I started here in nineteen ninety two. Yeah, we didn't. There was no internet. There was no uh, really even email. Right. You know, I got handwritten letters, uh, complaints (laughs) on little postcards (laughs) with no return address, (laughs) phone (laughs) calls. Uh, That's how uh, interaction was done. So. We would do these these cut-ins, and again, if it was one o'clock in the morning, well, you know, it's long past news time. My suit jacket was over here, and right. I was sitting there. And so, if it was you know middle of the night storm and it was kind of bad, I would just roll up my sleeves because I was like, wow, <laughs> this is just you know I'm sitting here. I don't I'm you know it's warm in the studio. I, I'm right, trying to cool off. Um, but then, as social media came along, some people just started picking up on. When we were doing these cut-ins and it was bad in Omaha, my sleeves were rolled up. Right. It wasn't like a conscious thing. <laughs> uh, uh. But then it became a conscious thing because everybody started talking about uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Oh, Bill's sleeves are rolled up. Right. This must be bad.
1: Uh-huh. To the point <laughs> uh, that
2: uh. Oh, probably four years ago, I, we were covering a storm that was coming into Omaha and there was some hail and I didn't have my sleeves rolled up and my daughter was texting me on the phone <laughs> while
1: I was on TV. Dad, you have to roll up your sleeves. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I, I you, love guys. it. <laughs> I that's hilarious. No, seriously, at my house, if we have the TV on and we're both busy, my wife will be like, oh, Bill's coat's off. We should probably <laughs> tune in. And then one of us will watch. I'm like, oh, his sleeves are up. We better go downstairs. Uh, like,
2: seriously. The early tell is if my <laughs> sleeves aren't rolled up, you're <laughs> uh, okay. But okay. when I roll up my sleeves – so now that's sort of my, my thought process is if it's if it's bad in Omaha or if it's going to be bad in Omaha, I will roll up my sleeves. If it's kind of outside of the area, you know, not that our viewers in Tecumseh or your listeners in Tecuma or anybody, you know, are not important. But the big population base is what we're trying to make a message to. So, yeah. So if if there's a bad storm and it's going to be in Omaha, I try to roll my sleeves I love that
1: your daughter reminds you. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) So um, just really quick. Thinking about the future of Omaha, I don't know, or Nebraska, our area, our our listening and watching area, Mm -hmm. do you have any predictions? I mean it might be hard. Like the next couple of years, are we going to stay like this? Are we going to see snow like we used to? I mean do we even know? Well, I mean if you think about that,
2: 2019 was a very snowy winter. Right. Last winter actually was very snowy here. We had 48 inches of snow. Did we? Yeah, last last winter.
1: Everything seems so weird. This
2: winter – Nearly a record light snowfall. There was one year going back in history. We only had 8.1 inches of snow the entire winter season. We've had a little more than that in Omaha but only like 10. That's crazy. This whole winter. Uh, And you know, I go back to some of the years in the the 90s and early 2000s and there were a few winters where we had snowfall of 14 inches or Mm -hmm. 16 inches. um, But I will say that I believe that as the climate is warming, Mm -hmm. it's highly likely that, yes, Omaha's weather – will be more like what Kansas's weather was, you know, say – and not necessarily like tornadoes and it's going to be – this is the new tornado alley because if we are a little more moist here, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we don't have as many tornadoes. Tornadoes, you've got to have a really interesting mix of dry air with moist air and Mm -hmm. really strong upper-level winds to get the big tornado outbreaks. And, you know, maybe those will be a little farther north and west. Uh, or maybe the Dixie Alley will be the area that, that sees them. So I don't think that we will necessarily say, "Gosh, it's going to be more tornado prone." We've actually seen to have less tornadoes oh, over the last ten years.
1: Yes, we have. But, I mean, we've even said, "Like, gosh, we haven't even had any watches." Right. And yeah. I mean, not that we're complaining, but it's just noticeable.
2: But I would say that you know, likely that maybe the climate is, maybe the winters are on average somewhat warmer. Hmm. Uh, maybe we'll have these big swings, snowy winter, not snowy winter. I mean, this year was a La Nina winter. The Pacific Ocean pattern was such that uh, it sort of supported a dry winter across the Midwest. Yeah. Doesn't mean that we won't all of a sudden get moist here in the spring. I oh, know. I hope we do. Farmers, do you think
1: maybe? Just I do. Maybe?
2: I really do. I, I th- did
1: see we have rain next week. Absolutely. Okay, I have three yeah. days of it. Okay, we have just like two more minutes. And just before we go, because I care. Now, somebody wanted to ask what you do for self-care. And the reason is because I think you have a hard job. It's ah. like you were talking about your postcard. So now with email, I'm sure when things don't pan out. So are you okay? What happens? Yeah, I guess,
2: you know, you'd be surprised. You know, once you're somewhere for 30 years, people really do kind of cut you some slack. Right? Good, like, yes. I think people are, and, and You know, people that have been here a long time, you know, they know that forecasting the weather is not exact. I mean, sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes you're off by a few miles, makes a big difference on the amount of snow or the amount of rain or thunderstorms. So I would say, honestly, I get less. Complaint and and hate mail than oh, I did when I first came here. Good, um, but I'm I'm just I'm a I'm a humble person. I don't think that I'm above anybody else. I mean, this is it's funny. This is just a job, and my kids are like, it's just a job. It's not, <laughs> you know. I don't think that um, if if you can be humble and if you can be down to earth and really honestly, this this is who I am. That's who I am on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think people you know, kind of will work with that and say, Hey, you know, he's just trying to do the best he can and, and yep. that's that's really what I'm trying to do.
1: Okay, good, good. Well we thank you for everything you do <laughs> and thank you for all of the insight and I know I will continue to watch the skies because as a Nebraska girl I think that's just what we do. I'm not a farmer, I'm a gardener, but I'm a little worried. Yeah. And I've really missed the snow. People will throw things at me and say, this is great. We were wearing shorts all winter. And I'm like, I love the snow. Yeah, it's, So maybe one day we'll get back to that. But until then, we will keep listening to you. Cammy. thank you so much. This is, uh, this is like the news. I'm out of time already. I, I need more time. <laughs> I know. We're out of time. Darn it. We could talk forever. But we'll have you back. And until then, like I said, we'll keep we'll keep watching you and keep watching the skies. Thank so, you so much. Well, thank you very much. That was Bill Ranby. I'm Cammy Carlisle. Thanks so much for listening to Community Conversations
0: you've been listening to community conversations on radio talking book it's the interview program that brings you voices from the omaha community the radio talking book network is brought to you with the cooperation of kios fm in omaha and statewide through the facilities of net radio and television we've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years thank you for being a loyal radio talking book listener and supporter